Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Thank you so much. It's great to be part of this series. I've really enjoyed the last couple of weeks as Ben's been speaking. Um, Now, I've got a lot to cover this morning. So um, because I want to tell you the story of Naomi and and Ruth in the book of Ruth, which is uh, only one of two books named after a woman in the Bible, um, it's a a four-chapter job. And we can't read four chapters, but I want to encourage you to read it in your own time because I've been reading this for the last few weeks and got a real lot out of it. So to help us with the story, I'm going to try and attempt to give you a five-minute overview of not the whole of the Old Testament, but the four chapters of Ruth, if that's all right, just so that we can, and then I'm going to pick out some key themes. Um, So it starts um, towards the end of this period of Judges, which is a dark time for the people of Israel, where people did what they thought was right in their own sight. And um, there's a family in Bethlehem, Judah, Elimelech, his wife, Naomi, and two sons. And there's a famine, as there often was in those days, a famine hits the land of Judah. And this family decides to flee um, about four 40 miles away, around the top and down the other side of the Dead Sea to a place called Moab, which is a pagan place. Um, Because of the famine, the family move and go there. It takes them about 10 days on foot to get to Moab, um, this pagan place where effectively they're refugees in this land, in this strange land. Shortly after arriving, um, Elimelech dies. Naomi's husband dies, leaving her with the two sons. The two sons marry Moabite women, which would probably have been frowned upon in that, in that day for the people of Israel to mix marry in that kind of way. Uh, they, they marry these two Moabite women. They are um, about, after about 10 years, both couples are still childless. And then both sons die. Both of Naomi's sons, she lost her husband. She's moved to a new land. She's been displaced from her culture. Now she's lost both her sons and left with two daughters-in-law. And what we need to understand about this is not only would it be a, a terrible catastrophe for any of us to face, but in her day and in the culture, it was made much worse. It's very um, good that I'm following on from what Andy and Michelle have, have shared because a childless widow would be amongst the lowest um, most disadvantaged class. Only sons could inherit land. A childless widow has got no independent financial means. So Naomi hears that there's um, a bumper crop coming, a harvest coming in her own homeland of Judah. Um, The fortunes of Judah have started to change around. So she decides to go back to her land. And her two daughters-in-law, who she actually is so fond of, by now she calls them daughters they want to go with her and they all cry together 
Uh, but Naomi is concerned for their welfare, so she sends what the daughters back to their parents so that they can be looked after there. Um, one of them reluctantly goes back to the parents, but the other one, Ruth, it says she clings to Naomi and she refuses to leave her side. They go on their way to, uh, back to Bethlehem just in time for the barley harvest. They arrive in Bethlehem and um, God does a series of miracles in Naomi's life that turn her bitterness and her grief into joy. They meet Boaz, who is a type of Christ in the Old Testament. He's called the Guardian Redeemer. He um, marries Ruth and they end up with a child and Naomi ends up with a child, a grandson, a son that she said she would never be able to have. It's an amazing story. I hope you're going to be excited this morning. Before we kind of um, delve into the depths of this, because as Robert says, we are dealing with issues of grief and bitterness and blaming God and anger. Let's be honest, we've all been there. But I couldn't help resist when I was preparing the sermon, a joke came into my mind. Uh, I know it's a, a bit bizarre, but I thought it actually works this because have you ever been on a day where you just think everything is just going from bad to worse? Okay, you know what I'm talking about. Everything is going from bad to worse. Uh, We're not just talking in this sermon about losing loved ones. We're also talking about losing employment, losing our homes, losing uh, a a partnership, that a relationship comes to an end, losing our health. Grieving happens when we lose something close to us, but we can become quite negative and fatalistic. Oh, bring it on. What's the next bad thing that's going to happen to me? And that's where this joke came into my head. So it's about a guy who's going on a parachute jump. This is the first time he's ever been um, on a parachute jump, and he's really, really nervous. But he's got a great instructor, and the the instructor's trying to calm him down a bit just by rehearsing what's going to happen so that he feels a little bit more at ease. He said, look, it's really straightforward. We've done this thousands of times before. We're going up in the plane. I'm with you. You've got all your safety gear on. I'm going to tell you when to jump. You, you jump out when I say, it's all organised down below. You count to ten. You pull the cord to release the parachute. The parachute releases. You float gently down into this nice field. There's a portable cafe in the field. A lady bring you a lovely cup of tea. Simple. So he's reassured. He's still a bit nervous, but he's reassured. He goes up in the plane, and the guy says, don't forget, you count to ten, you pull the cord... If for any reason the uh, the, the parachute doesn't open, there's an emergency cord on the other side floating down into the field, cup of tea. So he jumps out of the plane, does everything he's told. He counts to ten. He pulls on the cord to release the parachute. Nothing happens. Quickly pulls the emergency cord. Nothing happens. And as he's hurtling down into the field at ridiculous speed, you can hear him say, I bet there's no cup of tea either. (laughs) And you know, this is something that I I hope... (laughs) 
<laughs> it's a bit of humour, but let's get out of that kind of mindset, church. Mercy triumphs over judgment. There is a God who can turn our mourning into dancing here today. There's a God who can turn around situations. Let's look at some of the verses in the early part of uh, the book of Ruth on the screen, hopefully coming up now. Ruth, this is her reasoning. This is her argument. This is why I was thinking of the joke. Am I going to have more sons, she says, in my old age? who could become your husbands. This is her talking to her two daughters. Return home, my daughters. I'm too old to have another husband. And even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters, it's far it's more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has turned against me. Get it? We, we start to go into a pity party. The Lord's hands are turned against us. We're blaming God now. Must God, I must be under the judgment of God because I've done things wrong in my life. This is alive and well in the church today. This is a theology we hear all the time. This bad stuff is happening to me. God's hand has turned against me. God doesn't love me as much as he does the next person. That isn't the, the, the correct theology of the Bible. Uh, God allows suffering in our lives for many, many reasons. We're all going to grieve in this life. We're all going to have loss. But the Lord walks with us through those times. Okay, let's look at the next scripture. Um, Don't call me Naomi, she says. When she gets back to her homeland, they all recognize her and they come running out. Naomi, Naomi, so pleased to see her. They haven't seen her for about 10 or so years. She says, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord afflicted me and the Lord Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. So she's gone, she's become bitter. Bitterness is when we re, it's a bit like when we replay a scenario over and over in our head uh, because we want to rehearse the pain. We're not willing to let go of the pain. So rather than trust God, we will replay that. Now that could be a really deep and painful thing. Let's just put a couple of slides up um, very quickly about grief. And if you want the information, I can get the notes to you. But grief is a normal, and this is what the psychologists say about grief. Grief is a normal and natural emotional reaction to loss or change of any kind. Of itself, grief is neither pathological condition or a personality disorder. A lot of the stuff as I've been researching this week this last couple of weeks has reminded me of Ben's sermon a few weeks ago on depression in the life of Elijah and I want to encourage you if you've not heard that sermon you need to get hold of that and listen online I was I was almost on my feet applauding uh, that message except you know I couldn't because I'm British but (laughs) it was that good Um, and and the grief it, it, like depression is not something that we should be hiding away 
about in church. It's something we can minister to for one another. It's something we can be there for. So grief is a conflicting feeling caused by the end of or change in a familiar pattern or behavior. That helps us a little bit. And then coming up on the screen, we're gonna see um, what they call the grieving cycle. Um, it's just maybe helpful for some of us to know this. This is just what the psychologists say. The Bible has a lot more to speak into that. But I'm wanting to show this to show that you can't hurry grief. Don't be the kind of um, help that comes alongside people and says, oh, you know, it's been a few months now, you're not, you're not starting to feel better yet. This takes time, and we need to walk patiently with people through this period of time. It doesn't necessarily mean that we're all gonna follow this pattern, by the way, but there is, there is traits here like disbelief, shock, anger, bargaining with God, you know, if, if you do this for me, I'll do this with you. There's the tears, there's the fears, there's the depression, there's the despair. But you come through, and most people come through to a place of hope and joy. And then finally, just on the screen for us, there are some things that are helpful in um, if you are going through gross, uh, loss or grief. It's a very similar list to the one that Ben showed us a couple of weeks ago. Allow yourself to feel sad. Express yourself. Keep routine up. Sleep. Eat healthily. Avoid things that numb pain, such as alcohol. Talk to loved ones and friends. Go for counselling if it feels right for you. It's quite interesting that Naomi, in her grief, wants to send everybody away. As I want to be on my own, go back to your parents. I'm just going to go on my own through this pain. That isn't really the most helpful way of, of grieving. Yes, we don't want certain people around us because certain people might be likely to make it worse. And we maybe have all had that. But we need the people of God with us. So I want to come on to the next scripture, which I've... Oh, sorry, there's M's Hancock's book, just quickly. I want to give a bit of a plug for M, M's Hancock's book, Good Grief. And Rachel is going to be uh, at the desk outside. Um, I think we've got a slide on M, and M's Hancock's book um, with this book. And this can unpack things for you a lot more. She's dealing with grief from her own personal experience. And she brings out this beautiful story about tears. Um, sometimes I hear people say, how can I help somebody who's going through grief? Um, I don't know what to say to them. We've had this over the years when we've had loved ones, uh, friends and loved ones who've lost a partner or lost a child, and we don't know what to say. And um, I remember Frank saying to me once, you don't need to know what to say. Just go and be with them and cry together. That in itself is a healing and a, th a therapeutic um, time. So do get hold of Emsie's book. They're £10 at the end of the service. They'll be on the, on the information desk. But I want to look at this scripture, which for me is one of the key scriptures of uh, the whole of the book of Ruth. I'm hoping it's going to come up. And if, um, look at this. Your people are my people. But Ruth replied, this is Ruth speaking to Naomi, saying, no, I'm going to go with you. I'm not leaving you on this journey. Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. 
Where you go, I go. Where you stay, I'll stay. Your people are going to be my people. What a powerful thing for us to say to people in the world today with all that's going on, the displacement of people. Your people are my people. Your God is my God. Where you die, she says. This is a pagan woman from Moab speaking to a woman from Israel and telling her probably the things that Naomi's taught her earlier. There I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me ever so severely if death separates me. I love this. I'm so excited about this. This is the Holy Spirit on the journey back to the homeland speaking through Ruth into the life of Naomi. This is where her healing begins. Naomi doesn't recognize it, by the way. That's often quite interesting. When God sends a minister into our lives, often we don't recognize the voice of God. We say God's silent. We say God's not speaking. We say God doesn't care for me anymore. We, we feel we've been abandoned. And yet the voice of God is already breaking into her situation and saying, your people are going to be my people. God has put us in community for a reason, church. And if, and I really felt this, the people, there are some people listening to this message today and you've stopped being part of church you've stopped being part of community you may have been hurt in church I'm really sorry if that's happened to you but I want to tell you today if you want to be fully healed and restored in God you need to be amongst his people come back to church find your way back to God because God has a healing power when our son Josh was five years old he became really ill. He was in writhing around in agony. And Josh, as for any of you know, he's got quite a high pain threshold. Frank and I were really worried. Um, and sometime later, we found out he'd got a burst appendix. And he was just rushed into hospital in time. Uh, the doctors were able to save his life in about an eight-hour operation. Okay. Before we took him into hospital, he's in his bedroom at the house and Frank and I were in the room in the middle of the night praying. We just didn't know what to do. The doctor had said it was going to be fine. Didn't pick up. The word ap appendicitis came into my head. I said, Frank, he's got appendicitis. We've got to get him in hospital straight away. Josh was writhing around in agony. We're praying and he's looking at mum and dad with fear in his eyes. And all of a sudden he looked past us to some middle distance space behind us. And he said this, he said, I need more people in here. I need more people in here. See, Josh knew that we couldn't help him at that time. Josh knew that something was happening to him, that he needed more people. Yes, he needed medical help, but ultimately what he was saying is, I need God. I need God to help me here. I need God to break in here. So we need your people are my people. We need to be the people of God together. We grieve together in Romans. It says, well, we rejoice with those who re rejoice. We mourn with those who mourn. We don't walk through grief alone. We're part of the people of God. We have an intercessor who is interceding on our behalf 
day and night, who puts words into the minds of his children that bring that healing and bring that pain. This is the truth today. God is taking Naomi into a place from bitterness into joy. But she can't quite see it just yet, so they arrive just in time for the barley harvest into Judah. And her friends come rushing out to her, as I said before. And she said, don't call me um, Naomi, call me Mara, because my life has become bitter. She hasn't heard it yet. And sometimes we need to hear things more than once, don't we? We need to hear the still small voice of God, the voice of God repeating over us. And if any of you are struggling with this, I want to encourage you to to do what Michelle's doing at the moment, to get hold of your Bible, to get up and pray, to find yourself someone who you trust, who can speak prophetically into your life, maybe even after the service this morning, and to, to allow others to minister to you that joy of God. The Bible promises beauty for ashes. He does a divine exchange. He promises beauty for ashes. He promises joy for mourning. He promises a garment of praise instead of a spirit of de- of of despair he says I'm going to turn your mourning into dancing but for you to be able to hear it you have to surround yourself with people of God and then God does a massive miracle God brings Boaz along and Boaz and Ruth just happens to go and and she said I want to go to work because help it help that we give people has to be practical as well as spiritual doesn't it and she says I'm going to go out to work I'm going to provide for um she's going to provide for Naomi and she just happens to go into this field which belongs and this part of the field which belongs to a, a guy called Boaz and Boaz is called the guardian redeemer in the book of Ruth. And the words guardian redeemer is used 13 times. And what happens is Ruth goes to collect the grain that's left over by the harvesters. And Ruth ends up marrying Boaz and they have a child together called Obed. And I'll finish with that in a few minutes. But look at what Look at the change of heart of Naomi from, don't call me Naomi, call me Mara because my life is bitter. Look what she's saying now. This is of Boaz. The Lord bless him, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law. He has not stopped showing us kindness for the living and the dead. She added, that man is our close relative. He is one of the guardian redeemers. God now brings Boaz to the rescue. He uses Boaz to bring um, the, the, the livelihood that these women need to live. Boaz ends up marrying Ruth and they have a little boy called Obed. Apparently the name Obed means worshipper. Obed becomes the father when he's older of a guy called Jesse. Jesse becomes the father of a man called David. David is an ancestor to the promised Messiah, Jesus Christ. 
This lady, remember, who said she was too old, that she wasn't going to remarry, that she wasn't going to have a son, that she wouldn't have an inheritance, that her life was over, that she had no hope, now is married into the line with a son of, uh, of, the, of, the, of Christ himself, our own guardian redeemer. Um, look, at the next, uh, look at the next verse. This is just... Oh, I'll skip over those, those two. Look at the next verse. Naomi gains a son. Even though it's a grandson, they actually class it as a son in, 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 this, in this reading. Then Naomi took the child, Obed, into her arms and cared for him. The women living around said, Naomi has a son. They named him Obed. His father was the father of Jesse, the father of David. How amazing is that? That he's taken her back to her homeland, that he's restored her faith in the living God, that now she has a son. And we have also a guardian redeemer here today. Obad, the type of Christ who redeems. You have a guardian redeemer. The picture is of the guardian redeemer in Rio de Janeiro, um, Rio de Janeiro in, in, uh, in Brazil. I love the way the guardian redeemer watches over the city, watches over all his people. We have a God, we have a God who's a guardian redeemer over each one of our lives today. He engineered that plan for Naomi, but we have a guardian redeemer, not, not just as a Boaz, but one who watches over our lives, who turns our bitterness into joy, who turns our mourning into dancing. There's nothing that he can't do. There's no sorrow that he can't heal. And I'm not saying this in a triumphalistic way because I've had quite a lot of sorrow in my life and you have had. And we need to take time with that and healing with that and sensitivity with that, as I said before. But we have a God who is a guardian redeemer, who lives to intercede, who is always there for us. He's never going to leave us nor forsake us. And I want you to put your trust in that God today. I want you to come if you need prayer and ministry because we are your people. Anyone listening at home, get back to church. We are your people. Find a church near you. Find your way back to God. But I also want to give you the opportunity for the first time maybe today. You've never known that this was your guardian redeemer. You didn't know he lived for you. You didn't know he died for you. You didn't know he was able to redeem you from sin and from death and from despair. You didn't know it. You thought everybody else had the opportunity but not you. So please let's close our eyes today and I'm going to ask you to have courage just to raise your hand if this is you. If you feel that for the first time today, I want to give my life to Christ because I fully understand today that he is here for me and for me alone. And if it was only for me, he still would have gone to the cross to die. So number one, I'm going to count to three and then I'd like you to put your hand up. One, Christ died for your sin to fully set you free. Two, you have a redeemer who knows you 
by name. Three, if you choose to follow him today, you will find your way home. Put your hands up with me if you'd like to respond and give your life to Christ today. We just want to bring you um, a gift, a book that will help you. We're happy for you to come forward and pray. Thank you. Somebody's received the Lord over at the back. We just thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in this place. We love you, Lord. As the band minister now, I just want to encourage the ministry team to come and we will pray for you. Uh, Please don't hold your grief just on your own. Please come and receive the love of Christ today. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org forward slash media.